Welcome to Hanging On For Hope. I'm your host, Andrea Page. Hanging On For Hope is the stories about people working to overcome trauma and adversity, from incarceration to kids in crisis, postpartum depression, acute grief, and loss, and serious health challenges. We hear from everyday people on what they are going through and how they get through it. We also hear from experts on the latest strategies, supports, treatment, and brain science for overcoming adverse life experiences and improving quality of life. The human experience is influenced by so many things. Together, we can learn how to overcome the more dis difficult aspects of life while seeking personal, social, and political justice. Today's guest is Neil Logic Donaldson. He is a father, artist, and community leader. He is the founder of Stolen from Africa, an arts education organization and brand in Toronto with a focus on working with marginalized youth and their families. His work ethic has landed him speaking engagements at Wilfrid Laurier University, Concordia University, and George Brown College, along with featured interviews with the Toronto Star, the Globe and Mail, MTV, and Much Music. With over 15 years experience working with in the youth sector, it is clear that Neil has a deep passion for youth engagement, community, education, and the arts. Welcome, Neil. Thank you, thank you for having me. Yes, I'm excited. Yeah. Tell me more. Tell you more. Um, yeah, so I mean, I'm, I've been involved in, in community and youth work like since I was a youth. Um, I think that's like kind of where it started. Um, you know, um, I was just a young person trying to, you know, find my way, um, really embedded in like hip hop culture and, you know, finding ways to just express myself. And, uh, you know, in my younger years, I got connected to um, a few different community programs that really supported my, my music as well as shown me, um, I guess, a diffusion of like arts and education as one. And um, I guess like from there, like my um, passion derived from just like wanting to like give back, you know, just knowing that there was, you know, caring adults and, and programs that really saw, um, you know, something in me before I even saw it within myself, you know, and just kind of motivated me. So I think like that's kind of like where it started and then things just kind of like progressed from, from there. Um, you know, starting Stolen from Africa in 2004, um, I was a student at the University of Toronto, and it was a time where I was, like, taking a few different um, courses that really just opened up my eyes, you know, so I remember two, two courses specifically, um, sociology, that, um, sociology 101, that really changed my, my life. Um, it really me helped too. me to, yeah, it, it really helped me to, like, look at, you know, the series of events that take place in one person's life like to like where they have gotten to you know so instead of looking at like a homeless person and you know seeing them as like oh this this bum or whatever the case is like what are the series of events that led up to this, this place you know, you know and I, open, like I, empathy from there yeah i love that you know it's so interesting that you bring up that i mean i i had a pretty traumatic upbringing i never did good in school i finally yeah. went to college as a mature student and yes. i remember i got 99 percent in sociology because i just got it yeah it was like oh my God, this course is teaching me to express the way I think. Absolutely. And you know what, I'll, I'll like rewind a bit, Mary, because, okay, so I, you know, when I was a teenager, I actually dropped out of high school, you know, um, and wanted to like pursue like music, you know, but what I really, what it really was, what was me trying to find myself. And that's what music really did for me, um, nice. you know, giving me a voice and whatnot. But then what happened was um, I got connected to um, a program at, at the University of Toronto called the Transitional Year Program. And I don't know if it still exists, but anyways, but back then it was just, you know, an opportunity for people who had the desire for post-secondary education, but just didn't finish school for whatever barriers and whatever reasons. 
And, you know, like um, I always tell people, like I was someone who's always interested in education, but schooling was just not my thing. Just the structure and the format of it. I just didn't, you know, it just didn't really compute. Like I, I always read books on my own. I watched documentaries. I was always interested in learning, but just that format structure just didn't really work for me until I got to university. And I remember, again, like taking sociology and another course was, um, was Caribbean thought, which um, really broke down um, the structures of, of colonialism and imperialism um, within the Caribbean. And it was just opening up my eyes to a whole new way of language, a, a new way of thinking. And I remember just getting frustrated that like, you know, it, it took me to get to the university level to actually learn things that's like feeding my soul. Well, and I remember that's getting, exactly it, right? Yeah. I can totally identify that with that for my children, right? Particularly my youngest son, which I have, you know, one of the reasons I reached out to you is because he's got a passion for music and I've kind of been following you online and I don't know how we originally connected, but I've been seeing the work that you've been doing. And, and my son who's a really bright young man who is also really into music. I mean, the school system, particularly where we live and we live in a smaller community that's predominantly white, um it's it just doesn't engage him the content doesn't engage yeah. him the teachers don't engage him they're not meeting him where he's at and it's not feeding his soul yeah no and, and i totally can relate to that like my school experience is like you know when i was younger I, I was in like french immersion you know um literally the only black kid in my class like i still have my photos um my class photos which always remind me of like where i came from but you know all these things just created like a heightened awareness you know what I mean, of, of my surroundings and just who I am and where I'm at, where I am. But like, you know, going to, to the University of Toronto um, and learning all these things, um, it really just sparked something within me. And, you know, Stolen from Africa, like really began as, um, as a t-shirt, you know, I mean, still is a brand, but it began as a t-shirt, you know, just to kind of complement um, the music. Because I was always really driven by like music that was like politically charged and had a message. Um, you know, like I was raised in the 90s, so a lot of the music, the hip hop music in the 90s was was really about that. Like, you know, it was really embedded in community and bringing awareness and, you know, having a voice for those who don't really have a voice. So, um, yeah, so so starting that, like, you know, um, in U of T, like it was just like a lot of it, amazing energy at that time. Like, I'm so grateful for that experience because um, I literally wouldn't be doing what I'm doing um, if it wasn't for that. And, um, you know, using all this new knowledge and putting it into the music and then us having like like the, the shirts, it really started off because people would always ask me like where I'm from. You know, like me saying I'm born in Toronto, Canada um, was never good enough. It was always like, well, where are you really from? You know, so right. it was like a joke to be like, oh, well, stolen from Africa. And then that would just kind of shut people up. <laughs> you know, they're like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> then, Great but, though, I love it. Right, but um, so, so that being said, like stolen from Africa, like our shirts really started off as just like kind of like our uniform for like performances. And it was really, you know, initially for that like shock and awe kind of, kind of, kind of vibe. But what we realized that the shirts were starting a lot of conversations and dialogue. And then through that expression, we realized that, whoa, this is, this is a movement. This is not just a t-shirt, you know, it's something uh, much greater than that, you know? And so for the longest while, people would, would ask us for, for shirts, like, yo, where can they get those shirts? And we're like, well, we only got like three that we just wear, <laughs> you know? And, um, but so eventually that, you know, we realized that, okay, well, this is, this is a thing, you know? And then what really, the next thing that really sparked us getting into um, schools, like using music as a way to like engage young people um, was two, I think it was 2000, 2005, maybe early 2006, 
um, we got invited to do a presentation um, performance at Metro Hall. And what they were doing at that time, they had a, um, a youth leadership graduation um, event from with uh, Toronto uh, Community Housing. And it was like young people from like various communities all over Toronto um, coming together. Um, and, you know, like the, the mayor was, was there, uh, Mayor uh, David Miller, he was mayor at the time. And um, he was president and a few other politicians and teachers and stuff like that. So um, at, at that event, we, we got like a bunch of like shirts ready to print because we, we even back then, like without understanding marketing, I already kind of like, like intuitively knew because I was like, okay, we have all these young people that are from various communities. It'll be so cool to just give them shirts and they go back to their area. And then that becomes like the, pro, the promo. So, so we did that and it was great. But then we also saw the mayor and we're like, hey, you know what? It'd be kind of cool to give the mayor a t-shirt, you know, like see, see what he said, you know? Um, so, so we do our performance, we get on stage and we're like, yeah, you know, thank you, um, uh, David Miller for, for coming out and supporting young people. You know, we really appreciate, you know, people like yourselves, like showing that initiative. And as a token of appreciation, here's a shirt. And we gave it to him and he like took it up right away, took off his blazer, put on the shirt. You know, it, it was a little pinch. It was kind of kind of tight on him, but he still put it on anyways. <laughs> and and he, he just like was just like a, a supreme like advocate. Like we took like a photo with it at, with, with him. And, you know, there were some media cameras. People took picture and it became this thing. And um, at that moment, he later on invited us into his office, you know, for for a meeting. And this basically was just, you know, wrote us an amazing support letter um co-signing us just saying you know like the, the the message and the music that you guys are doing resonates with like all youth and basically saying that like we need you guys you know using uh, like art and educate art education and entertainment as a way of connecting with young people and um from there like that just became like our passport to getting into schools like initially amazing and then fast forward like yeah and then fast forward like 10 years you know later um now we have like an official partnership with like the school board and been doing stuff since so yeah, that's, that's kind of, that's like the short story. Yeah. <laughs> so you go into the schools and what does it look like? How, what's the delivery of your program look like? Yeah. So I think there's two streams. So, um, so, okay. So, so, so the first stream would, would be just, um, using like hip hop as a way to engage like young people. Like that's like phase one, you know, because we were going to schools and they'd be saying, okay, we have all, all these youth who are disengaged. You know the teachers don't know how to be relatable and whatever whatever so you know people like us would, would come in and and use um you know hip-hop as a way for education so i would like talk about a bit about the history of like where hip-hop started from you know um coming from like the voice you don't people who don't have a voice and hip-hop becoming that voice and how once upon a time you know hip-hop wasn't pop culture and you couldn't even get it on the radio and you know, so hip hop had to go like underground and how it was just really embedded in community and, and really just bringing awareness and just, you know, raising consciousness, you know, um, and, and I found that like, you know, a lot of young people would be really intrigued by that. And then I'll just kind of go through the timeline of how hip hop became like commercialized. And then, you know, um, for example, how like BT got bought out by like major corporation, which is Viacom that owns like pretty much every other media outlet. And then from that moment on, like things really started like shifting you know, um, in terms of just like the influence, because when Viacom got like sold, or when BT got like sold, um, that was like the major outlet of, of hip hop. This is like before social media and whatnot. And when that happened, a lot of like socially conscious like programmings that BT did have um, got cut. You know, they had like, which they would talk about all kinds of like, you know, issues for young people and have, you know, youth voice and all that got cut. And then it literally became like the bling bling era. So like, you know, the whole transition. And, and I find that, 
that was like a great like introduction. So then what we would do, we would do like mini like poetry workshops, um, getting young people to like, you know, um, use their, their own voice. So even students who never even written anything would kind of guide them and they would just like do their thing and then like present in front of the class and, and just really supporting um, their voice, you know, in, in that capacity. Um, so, so that, that's like, like one, one of them. And then another aspect was, um, so I was also like a provincial youth outreach worker, um, in, in Scarborough. So working in like, you know, um, communities that <clears throat> have like high violence, like, like mm -hmm. Chesterly and, you know, um, yeah. you know, Kingston and Galloway and Malvern and stuff like that. <clears throat> um, you know, so, so working with with another organization while I was doing Stolen from Africa, it was like it was like the perfect marriage, you know, because as a youth outreach worker, the whole idea is to like meet youth where they are and to connect them and then work through them through like the stages of change and then connect them to different resources and, and support. So like while I was doing I was using hip hop to engage, then like the, the 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 second half of it was to figure out what are their needs and like what do they need. Um, support with or different resources, you know, whether it's like court support, whether it's housing, like food security, um, whatever, you know, so it, it just became this like organic like evolution of, of things, you know, but um, yeah, that's, that's kind of like where, where it's at. Wow. And I think so, I mean, first of all, we need more neologic Donaldsons in the <laughs> world. Uh, and I, I say that really truthfully, because I think male mentorship is literally the most required thing for young males who are vulnerable. Um, you know, and you and I have talked about that kind of back and forth a little bit yeah. here and there, you know, and I, I'm curious to know, you know, as you use music to reach, because I think, you know, even my own perhaps ignorance and perhaps frustration, as you know, my son is now, uh, you know, building up a music career and I don't really always- talented, by the way, really talented. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Um, but, you know, I don't always love his message and, and I am, you know, always trying to reconcile kind of, you know, what is the real, like, you know, uh, one of my, my older son's ex-girlfriend once said, you know, when we kind of talked about like, oh, you know, I, I feel sometimes like I'm that old lady who is like <laughs> the footloose, like, I can't stand the words. <laughs> but then, you know, I really want to connect. I really do want to connect with these kids. Right where they're at. So I ask questions and want to understand that I don't want to villainize anything. So I, you know, I'll say to my son, I'll talk to my son about his music and my older son's ex-girlfriend once said, but Andrea, this is how kids actually feel right now. And I thought to myself, yeah, you're right. You know, especially vulnerable kids, like it's pretty volatile out there, you know, and this storytelling is really for many kids. It is their story. Not all, not all to, you know, it's not authentic for everybody, but I'm curious, you know, um, what you're seeing where, how like hip hop has evolved, where kids are at now, because I feel like, you know, from what I see, like I just look at young, particularly young black males, and obviously it's an area of interest for me as a mom. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like, you know what I want? I want my children to be safe. That's what I want. And I don't, even though my children live in a, safe neighborhood. The world does not feel like a safe place for them to me. Um, and the music that is very cathartic, and I realize that for my son, my son needs his music. He needs it. It is oxygen for him. It is, it is oh man. how he breathes and survives in this world. Yes, um, but I am, I am not 
personally thinking, well, I'm probably, I'm not the right person for the job to mm -hmm. navigate that. I think what you had said before, you know, those stages of growth and change. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I await the day that we're singing about different things. Um, yeah. Yeah. So what are your thoughts uh, on that? Yeah, you know, um, like hip hop always will, you know, represent like youth voice, like it's, it's youth culture, like even though there's like, you know, guys who are in their 50s rapping or whatever, but um, it, it, it is a youth movement and hip hop will always reflect like the time. So if you want to get a pulse on like what's happening with the young people, the music is going to reflect that. Um, another factor is, you know, when it comes to like music creation, you know, it's, um, you know, there's like certain models of like what success looks like. So, you know, if you see like certain artists singing about certain things or having a particular sound, um, you know, then, you know, what happens is, is like, you know, a lot of like artists or aspiring artists will, will see that and be like, okay, this is like the standard of what it was. Like, for example, like, you know, in the 90s, like when, when, I, when I was, you know, getting into hip hop, but the standard was like lyricism. Like, I don't even think people even use that word anymore. Right. <laughs> um, like it, was, it, was, it was all about lyrics, you know, like that was the, the, the primary factor, like the beats, the instrumentals were always secondary. The words were always like, you know, the, what it was, it was like, if you can, you know, rap without an instrumental and, and be amazing, then that's like the standard, you know, and better yet, if you're using words that require like a dictionary, even better, <laughs> you know, right. so, so, so for my generation, like, it was all about that. Like I always had a dictionary. I was always looking up words and, and trying to sound scientific and futuristic and, you know, talking about like microchips and pandemics and stuff that's literally happening right now. You know, that was like the hip hop that I grew up on. <laughs> Matter of fact, I feel like I'm kind of mentally prepared for like what's happening now based on back then. But, you know, as, as things like progress and like hip hop became more commercial, you know, um, and, and the success, like the, the, the audience started changing, right? Because the audience right. back in the day was was for, you know, people in underserviced communities. Like, you know, like the suburbs weren't really understanding what was going on until that became the, the demographic, you know, for like sales. Because, you know, from that, from that aspect of, of, of record sales, the majority of people who are buying hip hop are, you know, like white suburban kids. That's just facts. That's just what yeah. it is. Oh, so that's true. that became, that became the, the target audience now, right? And and, you know, those kind of kids wanted the, like, you know, the menace to society, boys in the hood. It's kind of like, I, I always, like, use this analogy, like, like African Lion Safari, where you're going through this, like, protective car, and you're just going through the jungle, and, you know, you're taking your photos, and so you get the experience, but you, you don't get the repercussions of the experience. So yes. It's, it's like, you know, it, so hip-hop became, that became the focus. And I've literally seen the whole transition, you know, like, I remember going to, like, hip-hop shows where, it was like all black audiences. And some of my, my white friends who knew more hip hop than me didn't feel comfortable going to hip hop shows because there's just so much, you know, black people. It wasn't as diverse as it is now. And then now when, when I go to hip hop shows, it's like the exact opposite because the market has changed. So, Interesting. so, so it is, it is very, it's fascinating. It really is, you know? Um, so, you know, it, it's all, it's a systemic, like, you know, um, approach, you know, and really systematic, like how we got to like where we're at and then you know because of like sales and, and interest and that becomes a thing so even a lot of artists who aren't necessarily gangster will you know kind of like put on that persona and then just kind of be that you know yeah. what I mean and but what happens is is like 
you know, for a lot of inner city kids, like when they listen to the music, it's, it's life, you know what I mean? It's like, it's our real struggle because, you know, you yeah. see the violence and you see whatever's going around. And then when it's like people that look like you are being affected, it hits you differently. Like we don't have the luxury of just putting on a backwards hat and then taking it off when we want. And then that's that. It's like, this is who we are. Well, that's exactly it, right? I mean, for these young people, it's real traumas in real time. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Exactly. And I find that personally frustrating, which is kind of one of the things that I say to my son, because I feel like, you know, we dance. I mean, my older son uh, is very at risk and has been, you know, uh, gotten involved in some very scary things uh, while struggling with his own emotional health over the years. Yeah. And, yeah. but yet my younger two children do not have that life. But at the same time, you know, it is very much my younger son's, it's a part of his story, although it's not his story. And so, you know, we're always talking about how to reconcile, you know, because for me, I am like, okay, I want, how do we, how do we, how do we direct this narrative in a, an empowering way? I want to encourage and engage my son in a way that he is, I'm not censoring him, but I'm also trying to coach him to, find ways within his own personal directive and his own personal development to lead and to empower himself and to tell stories that are going to impact and make a difference. Um, and that's what I, that's one of the things that has drawn me to kind of your work because I feel like that's what you're doing. And then, you know, to, so for, first of all, I, I, I want to say this, that like, it's, it's, you know, incredible that he has like a, a positive and healthy outlet to channel those emotions and stuff, mm -hmm. you know, because so many youth don't have that. It, it comes out in very dysfunctional ways, right? So the fact that he, he has that, that space, you know, like you're saying, like hip hop is his oxygen. Like I totally relate to that. Like that's just, that, that's the world that I come from, you know, yeah. um, to, to be able to like, to like channel that. And shoot, I lost my train of thought. I was going to say something else. Um, <laughs> happens to me all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, just, yeah. Oh, also, so, you know, I also think it's like an age thing as well. You know, um, I, I think like when, when people hit like, you know, like 25 up, when you're kind of getting close to like, you know, almost 30 and, you know, like you're growing a little older, like, you know, things start looking a little differently. Well, in most cases, I'm not going to generalize everybody, but at least for me, I can only speak for myself, <laughs> you know, um, and then like certain interests kind of, kind of shift. Like you, you start realizing that, okay, when I started seeing, a lot of my friends, you know, getting, getting locked up or in different situations or, you know, getting, you know, um, addicted and, and things of that nature. I started realizing like all these things that, that we're rapping about, like it's a fun time. It's like, there's some serious consequences to it, you know? And it's, it's not as, you know, it's, um, we got to see it as, as entertainment, you know, but at the same time, it's like, you know, for people in marginalized communities and, and, you know, black youth in general, you know, it's, it's reality. You know, and to like separate the two is a very like difficult, um, difficult struggle, you know, but um, I think like what you're doing is great. Like you just got to have like, you know, conversations um, and just come from like a non-judgmental, um, you know, standpoint, yeah. you know what I mean? And I know it's a diff that's difficult, you know, because as, as a parent and whatnot, like my, my kids are small, so I'm not quite there yet, but I'm definitely mentally preparing myself, um, you know, but, you know, just, just to like, you know, really try to understand like, like why, you know, um, this is like the, the tone of music and, and whatnot, and just kind of create space for that. And then also to um, perhaps like offer um, like some other alternatives. Like I, I can definitely put together like a list of like, 
you know, um, some of my favorite like hip hop songs that are socially conscious and just really introspective. Yeah, I love that. that. Yeah, that really, you know, go go deep within your, your yourself and make you think, you know, because that, that was the music that I, again, grew up on, you know, well, not to say that it doesn't do that, but yeah. And it's interesting because I would also, to give my son credit, I mean, he's such a unique uh, human being in that, you know, I, I, I'm sure that a lot of this influence comes from not his father as well, but, you know, yeah. it's not unusual to see him in his room uh, planning, thinking, being creative while listening to Nina Simone. Um, okay. Right? That's so, yes. yeah, no, he is a very diverse creative musical i actually think he's a musical genius who i have not been able to really give that support to um so he's figuring it out on his own as many of us do in life yeah. um but i wanted to circle back because i i wanted to talk about obviously we're in this pandemic right yes. now yeah. and um so you've lost all your points of contact for the youth that you're working with not not all um okay like, so but what's yeah, okay, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, ask. no, 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 you can just interject now. I, I yeah, yeah, yeah. How are okay, you connecting so, with these young people and, yeah. and what's going okay. on for them? And how, you know, I am, I'm so deeply concerned about so many, about especially at-risk communities and, and different people. And I'm reaching out to all the people I know who are advocates and saying like, what families do you know? Let me figure out like, who yeah, do we need beautiful. to help? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so to be connected with my young people, like um, something that I've always done, and I remember being a youth worker, like they always want to like keep us to have this like disconnect, like, you know, you have like your work life and personal life, but like, like all of my stuff is so intertwined that like, I don't really care. Like my online presence is just like who I am or whatever. So How I have no problem. Like, yeah, I have no, I have no problem like adding like youth to like my pages or whatever. I don't have Thank any you. crazy. On there, I, so. I just want to commend you for that. Yeah. I have always been that way and I worked in frontline human services yeah. and I know that, and I will say the corporate world, which is dominated by white males, which yeah. made up the rules that said right. there is a difference between business and personal and I don't care. I will always put human beings first. And if I, hence why I'm self-employed because no one's making the rules for me. 100%. And, and I, I don't even know like the difference, like, like for me to like separate because it's all like you know it's just different like if i'm a tree these are just all different branches of my tree you know what exactly. i mean it's, like, it's, all, it's all one so so that being said like you know me connecting with with young people like online um and then also too because it, it also kept me like in tune with like youth culture because as much as i like to think that i'm young i'm not you know <laughs> and and like you know I, i'll be using like certain terms with, with young people they're like hey, you sound like my dad oh <laughs> like, god that like, happens to me too do your kids make fun of you yet not yet. Well, okay. Oh gosh, that's um, coming. My, my, my older one, my my ten year old, um, because like she's like she likes like the TikTok and all the dances and stuff like that. So I try to do it, and she just looks at me crazy. So uh, <laughs> she's kind of there. But um, but yeah, like with, with with the young people, like you know, um, having them online, um, you know, like I I always did that, you know, um, and just just to keep in contact, and I would always just reach out to them, like, hey, how you doing, and you know, or or send them certain links, like um. Actually, no, that was like the main thing too. Like, you know, certain, cause I would always get, you know, emails or whatever for certain opportunities and whatever. And I would just like forward it to them. I'll be like, hey, if you, if you can't use this link, send it to somebody else. And, and it's kind of like build that rapport. So, so when things kind of like, you know, um, became, you know, where we are right now, where like schools are completely cut off, like, which um, such a strange, strange feeling. 
um, I, I felt like really great that I was able to build like quite a bit of connections with my young people. Like I have them on, you know, Instagram, Facebook and, and what have you. And, um, and they, they've, they've been able to like reach out and, and, you know, I've been able to just, you know, just give them like, you know, positive vibes and just affirmations and just, you know, let them know that I'm, I'm here to support, you know, because I think it was you who mentioned in the last chat, you know, it just takes like one caring adult that can like just change, you know, a, a young person's life. And, and that's very true. Like, I, I totally agree with that. Um, 100%. So, so that being said, um, in terms of like the things that have been coming up majorly, um, no one has stressed anything about like food security or like, you know, family is, you know, in a dire situation. Um, maybe it, maybe that, that could be happening and maybe they don't feel confident like addressing that, that it is possible too. Um, but the main thing that has been coming up um, is, is school and just being like, you know, overwhelmed with like all these different assignments all at once and then be staring in front of a computer. And then, you know, um, I, I was actually, um, yeah, I was actually having like a few phone conversations. That, that's another thing that has helped me connecting with um, young people. Um, taking it old school, just having phone conversations, you know, everything's like texting and messaging and stuff like that. So um, I, was, I was actually doing like call check-ins and just seeing how everyone's doing. And, and um, a lot of them were, were just stressed out about school saying, you know, um, it's kind of hard to connect with the teacher when you have like the group chat and everybody's there and, you know, not everybody learns in this style and, you know, um, just a lot of barriers um, with that, you know. Yeah, so, so that, that's, that's a big one. Uh, I did mention in our in our last one, which I was doing um, a fundraiser for um, kids of incarcerated parents. So if any of the youth that you're working with have an incarcerated parent or have ever had an incarcerated um, parent, yeah. they're offering free tutoring okay, uh, and support as well as care packages. Wow. So that's, that's, that's a good bad. organization to reach out to. Yeah, um, I definitely can't with that. Yeah, I want to add that to my, my list of resources. I think that because I, I know a lot of support for like, youth like you know um who are incarcerated or in care and whatnot but never really heard for for that so that that's pretty cool yeah it is really cool and i would also say like i mean I, you know as a mom i you know we don't have the best circumstance but we certainly don't have the worst circumstance and right. i am hearing from all of the parents from all walks of life and uh you know with the exception of it seems like there's some people who are <laughs> boastfully posting their phenomenal workstations where they are succeeding everybody's expectations. And I'm just like, I'm looking at that going, what? And I think my child is two weeks behind on their math. My youngest son is two weeks behind on his math right now. Like, and, and I think I wake up every morning and I have an anxiety attack. And then I talk myself through it because you know, the truth of the matter is, is math is pretty important when it comes to kind of, it's one of the core subjects. Right. Um, you know, as I math and unfortunately my youngest son, he has three core subjects this semester. But I'm really trying to just balance, like mental health obviously has to come first. I'm not fighting with my kids when I know they can't go anywhere to yeah. get away from me, right? Or vice versa. Um, but you know, I am really even struggling. Like that part is really hard. Trying to figure out yes. how to balance the workload. I'm curious to see, and I've been saying this, you know, because everybody keeps saying, oh, something that highly annoys me. Uh, we're in this together, or, you know, we're, we're all experiencing the same <laughs> yeah, thing. No. I'm like, yeah, no, no, I don't think so. I yeah. really don't think that we're, this is very, a wide range of experiences. And, you know, and I saw somebody post the other day that they were really worried about all the grade 12 kids that had amazing marks and, and were hard workers who finished their work. It was so pretentious. And I was like, 
I'm not worried about those kids. Like even if it, they don't get to go to university for another year because their family has to catch up economically, that is not the yeah. end of the world. I am worried yeah. about the kids who are on IEPs and needed yeah. teacher support and outside stimulation um, exactly. and are going to go, because we're not, we're not all showing up six no. months from now coping with this the same way. No. There are going to be kids that are going to be very, very, very behind. And there are going to be kids whose parents are maybe teachers or, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. engineers who have been able to sit down with them and actually have gotten them ahead. Yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, just to add to that, like, you know, for, for those, like, you know, students who are already, like, you know, doing well in school, like, um, what they're saying is that, like, whatever their mark was, at March, whenever like, you know, the March break happened, like March 15th or whatever, whatever that is like that, that's like the lowest your mark can go. It can't go any lower than that. So if you already have like an 80%, then like you're like good to go, you know, even if you don't do anything, like I probably right. shouldn't be saying that out loud, but yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, but no, but you're absolutely right. Like there's, there's other factors involved and I'm more interested in just like, like the emotional well-being and the, the, the mental health, you know, like that's, that's why I've been doing like these like check because I realized doing the texting thing, like, hey, how you doing? And, and we have these, like, check-ins where you, we ask young people, like, how, how are they feeling on a scale from 1 to 10? You know, like, 1 being shitty, 10 being amazing, and, and why? And that kind of, like, sets a tone for, like, our workshops and stuff like that. So I kind of, like, taken that approach online. And through texting, it, it's, it's okay. Like, I, I realize I just get, like, these, like, one, two sentences, like, not even. Yeah. But I noticed that when I, when I started calling people and, and doing the same thing, like, oh, now we're talking for, like, half an hour. You know what I mean? And just kind of given that like kind of kind of support, you know, so that, that's just kind of like where my focus is. And but yeah, like, you know, I see online like everybody's just trying to, you know, and I get it. Like people want to stay, you know, super positive and just ambitious. And it's like, yes, out of this, you know, quarantine, I got to start a new business. And and, yo, like some people are just literally just trying to get through the day, you know, and, and I think it's, you know, this is where like mindfulness and like empathy and compassion comes into play. And, and this like strange way that I, I feel like people make these posts and, and it's almost like making people who are not in that space, like feel kind of guilty. And, yeah. and it's like, no, like we're literally going through like a global pandemic. Like this is like, like, you know, an undiagnosed trauma. It's, it's like, it's not linear. It's like all over the place, you know, and, and everybody's at different like levels and stages. So I think a lot of compassion is, is needed. And, and if you're in a position to help, then, you know, I think that's the right thing to do, you know, like fit, get in where you can. You know? Well, and I think that's um, the piece. I so think yeah, you've got it. Yeah, no, for sure. I think, I think people have to uh, dig deep into their consciousness and, and, and it is important to be positive. And I've got to kind of watch myself because I see some of those things and I, I'm like, oh, do I come off like this person who's all got it together because I'm running these yeah. classes online and yeah. whatever. And it's interesting yeah. because I've been trying really hard to really tell both sides of my story, right? Like, yeah, sure. I show up to my classes, but I mean, I, I saw my son showed me a meme yesterday about a, somebody lying in bed, like disheveled five minutes before a zoom class i mean i'd be lying if i wasn't saying yeah. that was me it is it's me often i'm very depressed when i'm waking up in the morning a lot yeah. I, yeah. I struggled with depression my whole life i am grateful though that i have to show up for these classes yeah. and it's one of yeah. the ways that i've helped my 17 year old have some purpose in the day but we are both highly aware and you know it is very difficult he's trying to get his friends to show up to his four o'clock peer youth-led conditioning class and you know and it's it is like pulling teeth it is it yeah, is pulling yeah, teeth because yeah. a lot of these kids are 
are really not doing okay. And, and to your point, we can ask people if they're okay and we're not hearing, but you and I both know that a lot of people are not okay. So I think no. it, we have to be proactive. Like if yeah. you know somebody and you know that they weren't okay before and you've got the money, just go buy the groceries and leave it on their doorstep. Yeah. Don't add, wait for them to ask. Right. No, I agree. Yeah. And just like simple, you know, things like that, just humanity coming together. I think we'll, we'll do amazing things, you know, and, and to be honest, like some of that is happening. I, I've seen some of that kind of stuff, but yeah, I, I, I totally agree. You know, like if you can help out, definitely, um, definitely do that. And just to, to like your, your point about, you know, being transparent and, and just being like authentic, you know, um, about, about yourself, you know, like, you know, there's times, you know, where you're, where you're not feeling, you know, so, so high, you know, like depression or whatever, whatever. And, and you're really transparent about that. You know, I remember seeing one of your lives and, and I thought that was, you know, um, extremely powerful because not everybody feels comfortable being vulnerable. Like you have to put on this, like this image that everything's perfect all the time. And, and I personally learned that like a while ago, you know, cause like some of my, my, my favorite like mentors and people that I look up to, um, always shown that like, they'll literally start like a session and be like, you know what guys, like I'm not having a great day today. Um, so I'm asking for some patience and we're just going to get through this. And it's like, oh, okay. And I'd use that same model in some of my workshops too, because there, there's times where I'm not feeling so hot where it's like, I actually wanted to cancel. Like, I don't want to be here, but because I have that commitment and, you know, I care about the young people. Like, and I just let them know, I'm like, yo, I'm not really feeling it. So if you see me talking, I'm looking all spaced out. I'm just, yo, just, 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 just allow me for now. And a lot of the time, like people like really respect that, that, that like authenticity, you know, cause it shows that you're a human being. And I think that's what really connects people, you know, just see that it's like, oh, okay. Like, you know, you have your ups and downs too. Like that's, that's cool. And then yeah. also gives people permission to also be vulnerable as well. You know, which, which I think is, is the real power. Well, and, 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 I, and we say people, but we also know how difficult that is for men, but especially young yeah. men, because you know, the world that they're living in is telling them to show up with bravado and oh, man. you know, cool. all that, you know, stuff that is, is, putting it's further marginalizing young men who may be dealing with trauma or have abuse going on in the home or have you know parts traumatic histories that they don't know how to deal with oh my um, gosh yeah um so, just just to add to that so you know aside from like you know using you know hip-hop as, as a way to engage young people in schools and doing like arts workshops and whatever we also have like another program that's really about this focus on like you know emotional intelligence and and we call it like the, the response ability program. So just having like the ability to respond to different situations as opposed to being like reactionary. And, and I think like you've, you mentioned that in, a, in, a, in the last um, um, session or whatever. And I was like, oh, this is like really aligned with like a lot of like what I'm doing. And so what we do in this, it's really um, from like a narrative, um, a narrative like therapy kind of like standpoint. So, so we do like a lot of like storytelling. So we'll have different like topics in our group. So that can range from whatever, like family dynamics, um, relationships, dating, um, resilience, you know, um, like peer pressure, like whatever, like we kind of go through different things. And what we do is like, and this is like, um, so, okay, so in, in, the, in the school that, that we do this at, like um, the students, the youth, the men in particular that we have were like handpicked from, you know, guidance counselors and social workers of, of like students who they felt were kind of like on that cusp, like one foot in, one foot out. That really need the male mentors and all that all that jazz and um so so us coming together was really just about creating space where where just you know men can come together and just share um, perspectives 
and and how we frame it is always about like them speaking from from their experiences speaking from their truths so so everybody has a story whether we understand it or not but we always say like whatever topic it, it is so for example you know um like you know it's like relationships you know and i'll dive into like you know a time where you know things were great in a relationship and things were not like specifically like dating you know so i'll you know share a bit about like my stories with um like mothers of my children and you know how things you know were, were great and then things went sour and then got to a place of healing again or whatever and um you know being vulnerable in that setting would also give them the permission to be vulnerable as well so we would you know kind of like you know pose these like open-ended questions um, where where students would um, would kind of chime in, and then um, part of that, so we would have like a general discussion on the topic, and then we have like our worksheets, so they can really be introspective, and like reflective. So they'll actually like write out their ideas, and then we have this this um, um, part of, of our session where we have um, opportunities for anonymous um, responses. So they literally write out, you know, so for example, a time where like a relationship was not great, you know, they would write that out on a piece of paper, and then we would share it collectively in the group, and man some of the stories that come out in that session oh my gosh like like stuff that i know like it, it, it you know they would never have shared if it wasn't for you know creating that kind of safe space where they can't really be identified i mean you, you name it from you know like abuse to violence to like all kinds of things things that are deeply like you know affecting them but they just had no outlet to to share um especially from like a non-judgmental um, perspective so what we realized is like We've been doing this particular program for about like four, four or five years, and we've started with students from grade nine um, all the way up, and we've had students who've gone through our program and, and graduated. Um, and by the end of it, like those students are just like fully, you know, in conversation, very expressive about their like emotions and and are aware of it, and are just like super, super in tune. And we kind of made it, you know, cool to to like just you know really have knowledge of self essentially. You know to really know um and and to be talking about things um and to be emotional we've even had like youth like cry in our, in our group and then having group hugs you know which was like super rare when i saw that and this was initiated by them like it's like the space that was created was really supportive you know after a while people started hearing different aspects of each other's lives and be like wow like just looking at you i would never guess that you went through all of that like, like homelessness shelters like abuse like you name it and you're still here strong and there's no judgment it's just nothing but love and and compassion and to, so I, I definitely know like the value of, of that. And, and, you know, with this particular program, like we, we have like a really nice template and model and our whole idea was to really have this model implemented in every school, you know? So that's like the, the process that we're working on right now. But like you said, like, you know, having young men, um, you know, have these um, places to do that in a real healthy way um, is very important because what has happened now is like music has become that. So now it's like, it's all about, you know, just getting high, getting in your emotions and putting that to music. And then that's like our therapy, which, you know, like it, it is what it is. Like, you know, um, it serves its purpose or whatever, but there's, there's other ways, you know, that, that don't have like such negative um, repercussions eventually and over time. Wow, amazing. You are literally a champion of the emotional health of men and boys. You, yes. Your leadership is unbelievable. I am so grateful for your presence on this earth. I can't even begin to tell you. Uh, I've learned so much today and I've got, I'll be messaging you after because I want to figure out how to get your program in my city, uh, in my children's schools. Um, how can young people reach you on Facebook, Instagram? What's your website? 
Yeah, yeah. So the website um, is uh, stolen, stolenfromafrica.com, you know, the real, real straightforward. Um, Instagram is probably like the, the, the easiest way to get in contact with me directly, like outside of the brand. Um, so that's um, Logic, L-O-G-I-K 416. And um, that's like my like direct profile. And, you know, I'm, I'm like, you know, super interactive on there. Like I, I always check my DMs and message people and you know what I mean? Like I'm always like connecting people. So like people are interested in music or arts or whatever the case, like I know like a bunch of people to like, to like connect to. And um, I'm really, you know, big on that. And um, yeah, I think that's, that's just what it is. You know, Instagram, Twitter, I'm not on like TikTok and, and yeah. Snapchat, but I think I'm going to have to now. Like it's, I think it's so. Really, I, I really like- Before the kids it. start calling you grandpa. Right, you know, and, and for me, like, I, like what has helped me like working with young people is just really being in tune, and yeah. not having this judgment, judgment, you know. Because again, like, like sometimes when I hear some of the music, like you were talking about, like it, it makes me cringe because I'm just like, uh. But at the same time, it's like you know I have to be in tune and and just understand that yo, like this is this is what the youth are feeling, and and I I hear the music as a cry for help. That's really what what I what I hear, you know. Absolutely. Uh, so hundred percent. Yeah, so um, yeah, so that's just what it is. But yeah, in terms of social media, yeah, stolenfromafrica.com, um, Logic Four One Six, and um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Well, Neil, thank you so much for coming on today. You shared so much uh, amazing information. This is Neil Logic, and this is Andrea Page, and this is Hanging On for Hope.